It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today, as always, and uh, always pleased to uh, be joined by our, our good friend James Walner from R Street. Uh, James is the uh, ultimate purveyor of knowledge when it comes to the United States Senate and uh, procedures. And we always like to check in uh, with James on days like today when uh, there are things that uh, that matter that are happening in the United States Senate. Uh, James, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, so you wrote a, uh, a fascinating piece uh, about separations of power, legislative procedure, uh, and uh, all things policy as it relates uh, to what's going on. And, and in particular, I, I want to start just with the uh, argument from a, a day or two ago in terms of the constitutionality of a, uh, a an impeachment proceeding uh, for someone who is no longer uh, in office, because I think you had a really unique take there. Absolutely. And, and I just want to really emphasize for your listeners that when you think about this question, Obviously, we're talking about it because there is an impeachment trial underway currently in the Senate that is rather controversial. But when you think about this question, it's important, I think, to try to think about it more institutionally or constitutionally and try to set aside your personal feelings for Donald Trump, whether you like him or not. I mean, those are obviously important. But what's more important is that we get the Constitution right. And on that, I think that the question is not whether the Senate can have a trial. Of course, the Senate can have a trial is constitutional. Why? Because when the House sends the Senate articles of impeachment, the Senate has to dispose of them in some way. And it disposes of them by organizing itself in a trial setting and then determining if it wants to dismiss them, if it wants to go through a process and then vote to convict the person who has been impeached or to acquit. But the Senate can't just ignore those articles. And so the question is not whether the Senate can have a trial. The question is what the Senate can decide at the end of that trial. And that's where I think the constitutionality of these proceedings comes into question. Yeah. So let's so let's dig into that then. Uh, obviously, we're sort of in the middle of the middle of the trial portion uh, right now with the House impeachment managers continuing to uh, lay out their case, uh, opening arguments. We know that uh, President Trump's team will then also have 16 hours over two days, uh, although it doesn't seem like they're going to take uh, that much time. Uh, and so first, just describe to us kind of the next couple of phases of the process, and then let's jump to the end and what those constitutional options really are. Well, under Senate Resolution 47, which is the uh, set of uh, rules, supplemental rules that the Senate adopted to govern this particular trial, we now have the uh, House managers laying out their case. As you said, they have up to 16 hours. Then the, um, the respondent, Donald Trump, his counsel will lay out his case. Then there will be a period for senators to question the parties. 
And then after that period of questioning, there will be a question of whether or not they should call witnesses. And you can vote at all of these stages on motions. And if there are no witnesses, then there will be a, a final vote on whether or not to convict or to acquit the president. Or potentially, I mean, a senator could always move to dismiss again. I mean, the Senate can do and dispose of these articles however it so chooses, so long as that method is compatible with the Constitution. Yeah. So I, I want to ask you a little bit about that question phase. I know they've got four hours uh, agreed upon, as you mentioned, in that resolution uh, governing it. And my understanding is those are written, submitted questions. Is that right? That's correct. The, in impeachment trials, typically the Senate uh, senators will write their commit, uh, questions down. They will submit them to the chair. The chair will then ask the question of the parties uh, on the senator's behalf. Okay. And, and do you, uh, what do you expect in that? What are you hearing in terms of uh, is that going to be a – are they going to really use the four hours there, or do you think senators are going to be more in the camp of, I think we've seen what we need to see, we've heard what we need to hear, and uh, let's move on and vote? Well, let's put it this way. If that question period starts at Friday at uh, 6 p.m., I suspect they will not use the four hours. Um, if it looks like the, the Senate is going to be in session over the weekend regardless or into next week, um, then they probably will use the four hours because these questions are opportunities for some senators who are more legally or institutionally or constitutionally minded to ask probing questions. And those can obviously be for or against the the, the effort to impeach the president. Um, but they're sincere efforts. And then they're also, as we all know, um, opportunities for senators to kind of signal, to grandstand. And I don't mean that in a negative light, but it's a way having your question read is a way to show that you participated in the process. You can point to it. You can be on record as making a point via a question. And anybody who's uh, participated in or watched or listened to a congressional hearing will be very familiar with this phenomenon. Uh, and that is an interesting thing because there are uh, some good actors, as you said, who are going to ask very sincere constitutional questions or procedural questions or uh questions uh, around the material uh, content that's been presented. You'll have some that will uh, maybe be doing a little bit of political posturing or, or showing that they had influence or were involved. Uh, and then there'll be those who, of course, are going to use it in their reelection campaign uh, coming up in, in 2022. So we'll probably have the full gamut there uh, in terms of possible questions uh, going uh, before the Senate. That's right. And look, and you could have a lot more detailed questions as well. The House case against the president, the House Democrats appear to have learned from their mistakes during the first impeachment. And by mistakes, I mean it was it was very dry, the presentation. And while, you know, Adam Schiff has a great voice for reading books on Audible, I think. <laughs> I mean, it was, you know, you were sitting there, you listen, you get kind of lulled in. Yeah, it was remarkable. But in terms of in terms of engaging the jurors, the senators who were sitting there and having to listen to you, I think it, it kind of backfired. But and this time around, you see, and, I, and the, the cases are different, too, admittedly. It's, it's a lot of use of videos. It's an appeal to emotion. And it's not necessarily a very detailed and legal argument. In fact, I don't think it's a legal argument at all. And so that could lead to senators asking more detailed cases about the legal basis or the legal reasoning underpinning the uh, the House manager's effort to uh, to impeach the president or uh, convict the president. I, I think that's such a great point. And uh, this, the last thing I wanted to ask you was uh, it was very clear that the House managers, uh, even when they were 
presenting their information on whether or not the trial was constitutional, it was still very much an emotion-based. The 13 minutes of video that they showed uh, right out of the gate there that, of course, didn't have anything to do with constitutionality, uh, but this uh, this element of trying in the, the court of public opinion, uh, how is that all balancing out? And what will that do in terms of the questions or any other debate uh, or speeches that are going to happen uh, perhaps over the weekend of this being a procedural issue uh, versus a uh, tried in the court of public opinion with an eye towards 2022 issue? But you're you're certainly correct, but I, and I think that this highlights the the underlying concern, and is why I really urge people to kind of set Trump aside for the moment and think about this more constitutionally, because the, the case for why the Senate has to go forward with this, it has to convict, is essentially it must do so. Period. Full stop. End of story. And one of the reasons why I wrote this very long and very detailed piece, which is the first of a series of pieces to kind of examine critically the evidence and support of this argument that you can impeach private citizens who happen to have served in office in the past, is that it, the evidence, once you start to look at it, it's not there. It kind of crumbles very, very quickly. There is no evidence in support of this. And so I think – and that's where we really in our system, and we've always faced this challenge, we can get – you know, the, it's important that even in moments of intense public ups, um, unrest and frustration, emotional appeals, and you see this during war, you can see it in, right now and at other times, it is important that we not use those moments to as leverage to kind of overcome the hurdles that are erected in the uh, Constitution to protect our safety and ultimately ensure that our government can be powerful and energetic and do the things that it needs to do moving forward. Yeah, fantastic. Great insight as always, James Wallner. Uh, we've got his piece up on our website today. Uh, also, you got a nice mention on Bloomberg today, so well done. Uh, but great insight, great things to think about, uh, and really separating that rage from reason, uh, the people from the policy or the principle uh, founded in the Constitution. Uh, James, thanks again for joining us today. Thanks for having me. All right, we're going to step aside for a last commercial break. When we come back, Valentine's Day is around the corner. We're going to give you a little insight there and why, amidst all the anger, fear, and frustration, that love will actually get the last word indeed. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.